opportunity to discuss your last injunction to the body of Christ, to make disciples of all nations. Please kindly empower us to be dedicated and committed to fulfill the same in the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. I want to thank the vicar, the venerable professor Sam Okay. and his support management team for this singular opportunity granted us to discuss and share the word of God with you. I am also here with my wife. My lovely wife, D. can you greet the congregation? Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. The topic for our discussion today is go ye and make disciples of all nations. And that's what we read in our second lesson, in, our first, in the only lesson for today. And as regards to the mandate of Great Commission Movement of Nigeria, GCM, and today is second Sunday after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is therefore an appropriate time for us to use and discuss this last injunction and command which he gave us before his ascension. The topic is generally called the Great Commission. But a question always comes to the mind, maybe we will ask, why go ye? Why go ye? Why did Jesus give this injunction? Before exploring this, uh, this question, we have to look at the mandate of the Conscious Movement of Nigeria and how he's been able to carry on this very mandate. Yes, there's a group of people who has taken this injunction of Christ as his own mandate and has made it a full-time job. This very group is called Great Commission Movement of Nigeria. 
Their headquarters is in Jos. It is registered with the Ministry of Internal Affairs as a non-denominational and interdenominational uh, organization, Christian organization. Every staff is therefore a member of an established Church of Christ. It works closely with various churches and individual Christians in fulfilling the Great Commission. It is an offshoot of what is called the Campus Crusade for Christ International, CCC, which headquarters in Orlando, USA. It was founded by late Dr. and Mrs. Bill Bright in 1951 at the University of California, Los Angeles campus. It came to Nigeria in 1969 through Reverend Remy and Mrs. Sue Ladipo at the University of Lagos. Strategy. The strategy of GCM is based on the Bible and especially on the examples and teachings of our Lord Jesus Christ himself and his apostles. First, Jesus called a few men to, to follow him and that is called win. Secondly, he trained them as a small group of disciples to carry on the, uh, the gospel in his absence. And this we call build. And thirdly, in Acts chapter two, uh, 21, 2 verse 1 and 1-8, he said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit is come upon you, and then you shall be my witnesses. So he empowered them with the Holy Spirit and sent them out to the world to witness for him. And that's what we call sin. Paul applied this Jesus principle and advised Timothy to do the same in Timothy 2 cubed. And this, uh, Timothy 2 cubed in 2 Timothy 2 verse 2. And here it says, The things you have heard from me uh, say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to faithful men who will also be able to teach others. So the strategy of GCM is therefore based on these three steps of evangelism, namely win in the power of the Holy Spirit, build in the power of the Holy Spirit, and send in the power of the Holy Spirit. To win people to Christ, one takes the initiative to share the gospel of Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit. To proclaim Christ for everyone to be exposed to the gospel and to strive not only towards high quantity exposures, but also high quality motivational and attractive exposures to non-Christians. The Jesus theme discussed below, we are going to discuss it later, has exposed the gospel to more than 5 billion non-Christians across the world. Hallelujah. To build people, uh, to build people for Christ starts during the follow-up where one is taught the basic principles of spiritual growth. It is to recruit leaders who will ensure perpetual spread of the gospel and it is to equip every believer to be capable of leading and influencing people for Christ in his or her own world. Ephesians 4, 2. To send people to go and preach the gospel begins when the trained individual starts to boldly share Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit with other people 
at this point, his own wind, build, and send cycle starts. Send is to be committed to mobilization of co-laborers and partnership for the fulfillment of the Great Commission. Christians are not saved just to sit in the pews and be contented, but must be involved in harvesting souls for Christ. Therefore, this process of win, build, and send in the power of the Holy Spirit is a cycle and a movement, and is called spiritual multiplication. It is believed that if this process is passionately followed, God will generate movements of spiritual multiplication that will saturate the whole world with the gospel. Amen? Amen. Concepts. GCM has developed a number of methods and techniques which it uses to achieve this very spiritual multiplication and also makes these very techniques available to the body of Christ. And these are called transferable concepts. They are transferable in the sense that any individual or group of people who accept these concepts can apply them and at the same time own them as their own. And four of such concepts are one, prayer. This is very important and essential to the Great Commission movement. It is viewed as the only possible means of fulfilling the Great Commission. The only. For without Christ, we can do nothing. John 15, 5. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, there is no end to what can be achieved with prayer. In this regard, Jesus has a body of Christians called intercessors, mobilized to maintain continuous contact with God through prayer in order to ensure the success of its activities. It therefore produces a quarterly prayer bulletin containing areas of pressing needs and circulates the same to the intercessors and other interested Christians. You can, be, you can volunteer to be one of such intercessors. And if you are, you will see me after this service. GCM also trains intercessors for churches and other interested organizations. Two, the four spiritual laws. One-to-one -one sharing of Christ is the best method of evangelism. But a challenge with this method is how to begin the discussion. You'll be saying, what would this very person feel? How will he think? What will he do? Before you now share. So you have a problem of how to start. As a means of mitigating this very challenge, Jesus developed what we call the four spiritual laws. With it, one can always start up a conversation by saying, have you heard of the four spiritual laws? This will arouse the person's interest and by giving him or her another copy of the pamphlet, a lively discussion will start. The pamphlet can also be used to share Christ in a public transport, for instance, in a bus. In this case, one must have enough copies of the pamphlets to give to everyone in the bus.
Number three, Jesus film. Another concept, Jesus film. Another good method of evangelism is what we call crusade or mass evangelism. This is usually successful with previously trained follow-up teams. In mass evangelism, the principle of the power in the spoken word is utilized. Here, the word of God proceeding out of the mouth of the speaker is powered by the Holy Spirit into the hearts of the listeners to generate convictions. As we are told in John chapter 16, 7 to 8, the Holy Spirit will convict us of sin, convict us of, of righteousness, and convict us of judgment. With this very conviction, someone touch comes out during another call and surrenders to Christ and if properly followed up, would become a very strong believer. This is the truism of mass evangelism. This truism is believed to be most effective with Jesus' film. For if people listening to the word of God proceeding from a human speaker get transformed by the Holy Spirit, then the Holy Spirit will transform a larger multitude of people if they were to listen to the same word of God directly from the mouth of Christ. Directly from the mouth of Christ. Christ speaking. That's the Jesus theme. It will be Jesus speaking to the people. And the result will even be more profound if this very Christ were to speak in your own mother tongue. And that is why it's, uh, it's translated. So this is the philosophy of the Jesus theme. And the result is very tremendous based on reports from various communities. Consequently, Jesus' film has been translated into more than uh, into thousands of languages across the whole world. Jesus Is Jesus' film in Igbo language? How many people know about it? Jesus Nasibo. Yes. And where you, where you need it, and you, you let us know. And we supply it to you. This man, Jesus Nasibo, was used in 1992 to start GCM in this very southeast in a program we tagged 30 days for Christmas. So every day of December, there was Jesus Sim showing in different parts of this very southeast. Jesus Sim is based on St. Luke's Gospel, starting from the visit of the angel to the Blessed Virgin Mary in Luke chapter 1 verse 26 and ending with the ascension of Christ in Luke 24:51. If you have walked it, you now see that how that is the, the, what it has covered. It is very useful as a crusade material to evangelize a group of people and it's already, already in many Nigerian languages. When you use Jesus' theme, nobody speaks. It's after, after Jesus has finished speaking, you make another call. Because the words have come directly from him to the people. Praise the Lord. So GCM uses Jesus' theme to partner with many denominations, including African Communion, and interested persons or groups who may be interested should see me after uh, the service about using the Jesus' theme. Four. Beginning your new life. 
Remember, we're talking about concepts. And this is the fourth concept. One of the problems of new converts is lack of adequate follow-up, which GCM calls build. Appropriate follow-up helps to ground a, a new convert in the spiritual components of sacraments. And there are two sacraments uh, which are necessary for salvation. And one, as we know it, is baptism. And Anglican will practice it, baptism and confirmation. In general, a sacrament has two components, the physical and visible components, and the spiritual and invisible components. In baptism, the physical and visible component is water, which the priest uses to baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The spiritual and invisible component of baptism is the new birth, which is administered by the Holy Spirit himself on the individual, depending on the extent of confession, the extent of uh, uh, how you have been able to uh, give yourself to Christ, uh, how you have been able to uh, uh, agonize uh, over your sins and your activities, the Spirit will now know that you are really interested in being in Christ and, and then the cause you to be born again. Praise the Lord. Many people receive the physical and visible components of baptism but pay little or no attention to receiving the spiritual and invisible component, which is that very new birth. Many people are baptized, but not many people are born again. And that is the problem here. And that is what, what we are now saying, is that uh, when you are baptized, you, uh, that is the, the, physical, the physical aspect of baptism. You must seek the new birth, the born again, to now uh, be uh, born into the kingdom of God. Praise the Lord. And that time you will now be empowered as a Christian. Such new converts assume they have received the new birth by faith. Even though they have received by faith, it must come in reality. Is it not true for those who have been born again? It must be, it must be real in your life. Because the spirit, of, the, 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 the spirit confirms with our own spirit that we are the children of God. And it will confirm, the Holy Spirit will confirm it when we are, we are born again. This is one of the problems of the converts. Because no follow-up after that very baptism. A well-planned follow-up ensures that they, they receive this very new birth aspect of uh, baptism because this very new birth is the backbone of a Christian life. Similar problem occurs in uh, confirmation. The physical visible and uh, visible component of confirmation is the laying on hands of the bishop. But its uh, spiritual and invisible component is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And this qualifies somebody now to take Holy Communion. After the confirmation process, those confirmed are regarded as communicants because they are assumed to have become baptized with the Holy Spirit by faith. Yes, you take it by faith, but it must occur in reality in your life. And when it occurs, that's when you are now empowered to now preach the gospel. That's when you are able to preach the gospel to people 
and we have an effect. Praise the Lord. Many of them again become satisfied with the laying on hands of the bishop without seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit in a, in a repentant prayer. Because the Bible has already said it. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Matthew 5, 8. Again, it is a good follow-up which will help those new converts to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. The new birth in John chapter 3, verse 3, Jesus told the uh, Cornelius, and thou shalt be born, thou shalt be born again. And then the baptism of the Holy Spirit in John 3, 5, he said, thou shalt be born in spirit. We are given by Christ as necessary and sufficient ingredients for a new convert to be active in Jesus himself. Those lacking them are ordinary churchgoers. If you are not born again, and are not baptized with the Holy Spirit, we are saying you are ordinary churchgoers. You are just warming up the seats. And this is not what it's supposed to be. You must seek for these two components. We will say as we are going down the effect of not having these two, two ingredients. Um, yes, okay. Those, okay. Yes, even though they were baptized and confirmed and bear Christian names like Peter, John, Mary, Paul, Elizabeth, and so on. Yet many of them end up as bandits. We don't know what, we don't know what, what they are going in the church, what they do in the church. So they don't understand. If you are not born again and you are not born in, in, in spirit, coming to church will just be a ritual. It will be an ordinary ceremony. So these people will end up being bandits, kidnappers, prostitutes, ritualists, arm robbers, and so on. Why? Because they failed to seek for this very new birth and seek for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. To ameliorate this very problem, GCM has developed a follow-up material called Beginning Your New Life. It is available in six study pamphlets, namely Beginning Your New Life in Christ, 1, 2, Beginning Your New Life in Fellowship in Christ, 3, Beginning Your New Life in the Spirit, 4, Beginning Your New Life of Good in Christ, 5, Beginning Your New Life in God's Word, and 6, Beginning Your New Life in Prayer. Making Disciples of All Nations. In Making Disciples of All Nations, GCM is reaching many segments of the society with the gospel of Christ. And among those segments are uh, one, campus students ministry. Win the campus today and win the world tomorrow is the evangelism slogan of GCM. Thus, GCM is a campus ministry Every GCM uh, campus staff shares Christ with the students day by day. Those who accept to become followers of Christ are trained to live and share Christ on one-to-one -one basis or through small group or through conferences and retreats. GCM believes that people reached for Christ during their student years later become vital resource, resource of reaching the whole world with the gospel. As Confirmed by Hebrews chapter 26, uh, 22 verse 6. 
Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. Number two, church ministry. GCM church ministry is called the Global Church Movement. It is an avenue for partnering with established churches on a non-denominational basis. It offers church, church trainings like the first spiritual laws, discipleship and follow-up, church planting, uh, Jesus theme, and other ministry materials and resources. Churches in need of the partnership or groups in need of it normally have to apply after which modalities for that partnership and cooperation will be worked out. There is no charge, according to Christ's injunction in Matthew 10, uh, 8b. Freely you have received and freely give. So there is no charge. Number three, family life ministry. Home is meant to be a sanctuary of safety, encouragement, and support. Families are fabrics of society, hence the strength of any nation lies in its families. GCM has a family life ministry dedicated to helping couples to apply biblical principles in their marriage and family relationships. God has used and is using it to restore hope to millions of families and transform their lives. Churches and other church organizations who are, which are interested usually indicate by and by so triggering up an arrangement. Four, professional ministry. The professional ministry of GCM is what is called Priority Associates of Nigeria, PAN. It is a network of creative and corporate, uh, uh, corporate professionals seeking to balance their professional, personal, and spiritual needs. It is active in several cities of Nigeria. It is a resource for young professionals committed to reaching other young professionals with the gospel. It is believed that if individuals' lives are changed by Christ, then families, cities, and companies will be positively transformed. Five, executive network. The Pareto principle states that there is a top 20 percent of the society who have 80 percent of society's leadership L, influence I, finance F, and expertise L, uh, expertise E, and that is you pronounce it in full life. They have 20% of it. 20% of the segments in society have all this. By applying this very principle, GCM established executive ministry with the aim of reaching this very 20% of the top echelon in Nigeria. We they believe that they, ha they will have the capability of reaching the remaining 80% of the society for Christ. The executive network is thus a network of executives who desire to share Christ with other executives and at the same time reach other executives who would want to contribute their time, wealth, expertise and influence for Christ. You can take advantage of this very type of the time, the wealth, leadership and influence of the expertise and position God has already given you to serve him in your various capacities. Who knows whether God so positioned you for this purpose? I know of somebody 
He's a business tycoon. And very rich. He was sharing uh, how he became a business tycoon. He was sharing it as a testimony. I said he was praying, he was praying and telling God, please use me as a financier of the gospel. And he continued praying and praying in that very angle. Eventually, God answered every prayer. And he's now the financier of the gospel. Building churches in different places. Planting churches in different places with what God has given him. And that's what is expected of you and me. And you can do the same and use what God has given you to spread the gospel. Six, the military ministry. This is a ministry targeted at the police and armed forces. Its aim is to reach and raise multiplying disciples for Christ through effective partnership with churches in the barracks. It builds up the spirituality of the military community through training, Bible study, and use of Jesus' theme in appropriate languages. 7. Sports ministry. Sports is a universal language. Everyone is thrilled by various sports, irrespective of race, culture, religion, language, or socioeconomic status. Sports ministry in GCM is called Athletes in Action. It, 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 its aim is to uh, build spiritual sports community among multiplying disciples uh, of athletes, coaches, and sports administrators. It is believed that through the sports platform, God will grant open doors for transforming lives in the sports arena. Eight, ministry to the needy. This ministry is called Agape Humanitarian Aid Foundation. I have. It focuses on holistic approach to the gospel to meet the physical, emotional, social, and spiritual needs of vulnerable people in the society. The vision is to see the lives of these vulnerables revived, protected, and set on course to fulfill God's purpose in their lives. Nine, Fund Development Ministry. Fund Development Ministry aims at building financial capacity through multiple initiatives in order to ensure 100% funding both for staff and ministry activities. It develops a national donor network that will result in self-sustenance of national, regional, and local levels. All incoming funds are received by this ministry, which channels the, the same appropriately to the staff and ministry accounts uh, based on the stipulated desires of the donors. Gospel, uh, gospel requires a lot of money, and God can make use of money, use of you, in financing gospel work. And ten, internet ministry. This is one that came up as a result of uh, the COVID. This is e-ministry. And GCM calls it indigenous digitals. Or indigenous. It aims at reaching people for Christ and to connect followers of Christ to other Christians on a common mission, strategies, and projects. This helps to inspire individuals, Christians, and organizations everywhere across the world towards fulfillment of the Great Commission. Categories of staff in GCM. There are different categories of staff in GCM who work to help it achieve the mandate of win, build, and send. They are based on individual convictions, 
received from God. And these categories are one, full-time staff, who are fully involved in the ministry of win, build, and send. They raise their partners who support them in their ministry through finance, prayer, and encouragement. Two, associate, associate staff, who give their, uh, an agreed part of their time to the ministry of GCM in spite of their careers. Three, volunteer staff, who sign for a particular project with GCM whenever their duty schedule allows them. And four, short-term mission staff, who get involved in a specified period of, say, six to 18 months. During the period, they take care of themselves financially and otherwise. And five, life partners, L-I-F-E, who voluntarily pledge the skills of their, life, their leadership, their influence, their finance, and their expertise to ensure the fulfillment of the Great Commission. This is how Great Commission has been going on with the mandate of GOI. But the question which we asked before is still there. I want to address that question. Why GOI? Why GOI? To answer this very question, we must briefly go through memory lane from eternity in the past to eternity in the present. There are three eternities. Eternity in the past, eternity in the present, and eternity in the future. The eternity in the past is the period before creation. The eternity in the present it started in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Where the eternity in the future begins with the new heaven and the new earth. In Revelation 21, verse 1. So we have three eternities. Now, in eternity in the past, God planned to establish his kingdom called the kingdom of God. Most listen very well. Uh, to this exposition called the kingdom of God. As a kingdom of God, the personalities in it must logically be God. Just as when you have the kingdom of man, people whom you will see there will be only men. In the kingdom of animals, people whom you will see there will be animals. But the kingdom of God, people who, you whom you will see will be God. That's why it's called the kingdom of God. At that time, only three personalities were there as God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. God then put in place physical laws, e.g. the law of gravity, the law of motion, and so on, and spiritual laws, like the wages, uh, the, the law of sin and death, which is the wages of sin is death, or the law of free, of free will, which we have. It's a law. Free will. And these laws he put, he put down to govern his creation. Later, the spirit beings were created as stewards of the kingdom. In Hebrews chapter uh, 1 verse 14. The, the, the angels or the spirit beings, uh, they are stewards of the kingdom. To populate the kingdom, God has established the kingdom. He now wants to populate it. So God created Adam and Eve in his own image. Genesis chapter 1, 
26 to 27. We know, we know about it. He created Adam and Eve. He created man in his own image. Now, how did God do this very creation? With due respect to my host, who is a medical doctor, and other doctors here, we shall look at this very how in terms of cells, genes, and DNA. This is their area. But I'm delving into it, so they should permit me. Praise the Lord. A cell, by definition, is the smallest microscopic unit of matter capable of independent life. Each cell contains a nucleus. And each nucleus has many nucleic acids which carry genes. One of such nucleic acids is DNA. The auxiliable nucleic acid. A gene is a unit of DNA in charge of hereditary. In Genesis chapter 2 verse 7, God created man from the dust of the ground. He breathed into him his breath of life. In doing this, God converted the dust into his own living cells. A man became a living soul. Praise the Lord. This shows that when man was created, he was composed of God's cells, genes, and DNA. In other words, any medical examination of man at that point of creation would have found him to be genetically God. Amen? Amen. So he had all the attributes and character and nature of God, including his immortality, his holiness, his righteousness, and so on. Now, God planted the tree of life in the Garden of Eden. This tree was composed of God's own cells, genes, and DNA, whose fruits will maintain man in God's image internally. Because you take that very fruit and you live internally. That's why it's called the tree of life. And when you go to the Revelation, you find it where, is, where you see that every tree of life is also there. In the new heaven and the new earth. Praise the Lord. However, the person who always opposes God and fakes his actions, and that is Satan, planted his own tree of knowledge of good and evil. And this was composed of his own cells, genes, and DNA. Consequently, God warned man, Adam and Eve, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat of it. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Genesis 2, 16-17 But Adam and Eve disobeyed God and ate that forbidden fruit. The nutritionists say that whatever one eats becomes part of his body. So when man ate the forbidden fruit, it became part of him. Hence Adam and Eve became composed of certain cells, genes, and DNA. Immediately that happened, 
their divine nature disappeared and changed to human nature. The spiritual law of God took effect. In other words, the wages of sin is death. So Adam and Eve died, both spiritually and physically. So they changed from living soul with which they were created to dead soul. This information was stored in their genes. Hence their children became genetically affected. So we all became dead souls. Romans, 12, uh, Romans 5 verse 12. Thus every human being born into the world is a dead soul. Whether you are in America, whether you are in Nigeria, whether you are in Russia, or in my, my town, we are all dead souls when you are born naturally. Psalm 51 verse 5 confirmed it. And it says, Behold, I was shaped in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. So we are, we are all conceived in sin, and since the wages of sin is death, then we are all dead at conception. These concerns are being dead souls at birth. Being composed of satanic cells, genes, and DNA, man inherited all the evil traits of Satan. Hence, every imagination of the thoughts of a man's heart was always and continually evil. Genesis 6, verse 5. This satanic tendency is hereditary and explained the presence of horrific wickedness and evils in every part of the world. Think your television and you see horrible things that are going on across the whole world. It's because of this very uh, satanic tendency, satanic threats with which man was born. Thus, man whom God created to be God died. And this is a catastrophe, a tragedy, a calamity, and a disaster. And if you were God, how will you fear? Satan saw what has happened as an end to man and was very happy that man has died. And Satan was pressing on God to remember his law. The wages of sin is death. Man has sinned. So, he should forget about man. Man has died. But the question is, can't God actually reverse the satanic nature in man? Can't he reverse it? And this is the crux of the matter. God was populating his kingdom with man. And that's why he told him, go, uh, go and apply and replenish the earth with God-fearing people. With people who would be like God himself. But they did not and disobeyed. But God being omnipotent, and the science brought up a plan B. He brought up a plan B. A plan B that will enable him uh, obey his own law. The wages of sin is death. He has to obey it. Man has already died. 
There's nothing can be done about it. He's dead and he's dead. But he has to obey it. And so he made a plan B that will enable him to obey that very law. And this is stated in Romans chapter 8 verse 3. That the righteous requirement of the law must be obeyed. God did it. And his, still, his original uh, uh, idea of making man God was still there at his mind. So these are the two compromises God has to do. And so he did it. And he achieved it in Christ. When Jesus died for the wages of my sin, the wages of your sin. So God has obeyed his spiritual law. Two, by the death and resurrection of Christ, anybody who accepts that Jesus' death is his own wages of sin, which is death, that person will not die again. And this is now and again internal life. And that brings man back to original divinity with which he was created. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. So as many as accepted that the death of Christ is the wages of his sin, passes from death unto life and automatically becomes a child of God. In John chapter 1 verse 12. Jesus Christ is a complete embodiment of God. God from God, through God from through God, of one being with the Father. In him dwells the fullness of, of, God, of Godhead bodily. In Galatians 1 9. Jesus himself confirmed uh, what he is and he said, He who has seen me has seen the Father. John 14 9. And I and the Father are one. John 10 30. So Jesus is composed of the cells, of the genes, and of the DNA of God. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Therefore, through the Lord's Supper, God reactivated the original divinity of man through the body and blood of Christ. Praise the Lord. Therefore, at Holy Communion, Christ in me, Christ in you, if you have accepted him, kills all the threats of satanic cells, genes, and DNA in us. As simultaneously replaces it with his own cells, genes, and DNA. Thereby maintaining the original divinity in us. Praise the Lord. Therefore, why go ye? Remember, that is the question we are trying to answer. Why go ye? Go ye is a clarion call to you and me. Now that we know that everybody born into the world, naturally, is a dead soul. You yourself, your brother, your sister, your father, your mother, everybody born into this very world is a dead soul. Can you see the importance of Goyi? So let people know that being a being dead soul, you can change to a living soul by just accepting that Jesus died for your wages of sin and resurrected, and resurrected for your justification. Finish. Tasmania has received him. Tasmania has accepted him. Today he has made the children of God. God created all of us. 
But not all of us are children of God. But as we, as we can now see that the, the, the creation of God, everybody is dead. And this brings us to uh, what happened uh, uh, in 1 uh, Samuel chapter 15. When God delegated uh, Saul to go and annihilate the Amalekites. God told him, go and kill all the Amalekites. Whether man, woman, uh, child, or even infants, and animals. Every, kill everybody. But the law of God says, thou shalt no murder. They had to compromise the two. They had to compromise the two. The compromise here is that the, the Americans themselves were dead. For example, if you have a corpse here, and somebody, somebody fires it, what is that very corpse? Use your gun and fire that very corpse. What is that corpse? Right? It's corpse. If you match at it, it's corpse. And so if Saul killed all the Americans, it doesn't really matter because they are already dead, dead souls. And it gives you even the, the insight into David when he will, be, he will tell God he wants to fight these people. Will he, will he win? He said, yes, good. You will win. Why? To kill the people he has created. Not everybody created by God are children of God. Only those who have accepted Christ in their lives, these are the children of God. They are the, they are the living souls. And that's the essence of go ye. And this way go ye is not ending with a, a GCM. It is for you and me. Go ye. You go to your own family. And tell people that they can change from their natural dead soul. And become living soul. By just accepting Christ. And by so doing, you now we are your family. And Acts chapter uh, 16 verse 31 says, Thou shalt be saved, thou and thy family. Thou thy household. It is a law. If you do it, it will happen to you. Someone was asking me, uh, what about the Muslims? What about the other worshippers? Uh, how would they, they don't know about Christ. How would they be saved? Then I told him, you will struggle first for yourself to be saved. When you are saved, you will now be in position to think about how others will be saved. And God will now use you to talk to them. That's how they will be saved. Then he said, uh, there, there, there has to be, in fact, this is a professor. He said, there must be uh, a continuum after, after death. There are people who have died, who have died without Christ. There must be a continuum. How, how, can, they, how can they go to hell? And just like that. But what is death? Death is cessation of life. So when one is dead, one is dead. And as we said before, everybody was born into this very world a dead soul. You must bear it in your mind. Everybody. People who are walking in the streets. They are dead souls. And it gives us the impetus so that we now be able to know the extent of this very goji. You must tell other people. If you don't tell them, they are all, all dead. And they are all going to hell. Praise the Lord.
Thou shalt be saved, thou and thy family. I did the same thing. In 1970, I gave my life to Christ. And since then, he has been using me. And I thank God for I thank God for that. You can also give your own life. If you have not given your life to, to Christ, you can give your life to Christ today. And he'll start using you to save your family, to save your friends, to save your acquaintances. And it's, it's a call that is made to everybody. When you go to Second uh, Kings 7, 9 to 15, you see about the four lepers. They have gone into the, the camp of the Assyrians because there was famine in Samaria. And they found food. They ate and ate and ate and ate. And later on said, no, we, we cannot continue doing like this. Their, 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 their brothers and sisters in Samaria are all hungry. That they should go and tell them. And so they went and preached Christ uh, to them. Salvation. They preached. So the lepers preached God, God's salvation to the Samarians. In Luke chapter 8, 39, a lunatic, whom we know, we have read about, about it, this very man will be naked and always be living in the tombs. And when he saw Jesus, he ran, he ran to Jesus. Jesus drove away the, the demons inside him, legions inside him. And he wanted to follow Jesus. Jesus said, no. Go and tell, God, tell others what God has done for you. And he went into his own town and published Christ. And if you read that very passage, you now find how so many, uh, even though they were driving Christ that very time because of the pigs, uh, where the, the, the demons entered, they went into, the, they got drowned in the sea. But next time when he was in that very town again, everybody came out. Because of the publishing, or that lunatic, lunatic published Christ. And if you publish Christ, you can also publish Christ. We know about the harlot in John chapter 4. You can read it. It's about the harlot who got converted and got transformed. And he went back into the city and published it. He has seen somebody who has told her everything about her life. So the people started coming. In John 4, 40, 40 to 42, the people said to the harlot, transform the harlot, it's not the harlot, it's a transform the harlot. You have not told us everything. We have even seen more things than what you have told us. So the harlot published Christ, and you can publish Christ. Paul, we know him, persecuted the Christians, a lawyer. He later on became a Christian. And he published Christ. In fact, he was the person who held for the gospel to reach us the Gentiles even today. Yes, Luke, the physician. He's a medical doctor. And so he published Christ in, Luke, uh, in his gospel, St. Luke's, and even as of apostles. That's the, that is Luke. And so if God can use all these people, including me, he can use you. He can use you. And that's why we say, when he calls me, I will answer. And God is calling you today. He's calling you today. And he said, you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea 
and in Samaria, and not all the other parts of the earth. Acts chapter 1, 8b. After you have received power at Pentecost, and they did, then you can do the same. And, and the Anglican communion has already built it up that you can have everything necessary for you to go and, and then uh, to go here and tell others that they can be living souls and not remain as dead souls. I want you to join me in this very song before we pray. A call for royal soldiers comes to one and all. Soldiers for the conflict, will you hear the call? Will you answer quickly with a ready chair? Will you be enlisted as a volunteer? A volunteer for Jesus, a soldier true. Others have enlisted, why not you? Jesus is a captain, we will never fear. Will you be enlisted as a volunteer? Praise the Lord. Today, if you don't know Christ, if you have not expressed him, you can express him. You can volunteer. You can be a witness to yourself and to your friends. Let us pray. Us may not so gentle Savior my humble became a living soul. If you have not had that peace and witness in your heart, you are still a dead soul. You have no reckon with God. First Peter 2.10 says you are not a people. You are not recognized as a person of origin before God. 
you are not in the commonwealth of his children. You are just a creature. You are a churchgoer. You come, you see, to go with condemnation hanging on your neck because you have not by faith accepted the finished work of Christ on the cross of Calvary. And that's the call. The first song says, A call for royal soldiers is you. The second song says, As God is calling people to living souls, don't allow yourself to be passed by. You want to surrender your life to Christ and cease from just being a creature, waking up like the fowl, sleeping like the fowl. That's who you are. Not recognized in the book of God. No name. And sin is the only thing that keeps you away. Not your status. That call is on you. You want to surrender that life to Christ. Now you know it more clearly. Just raise your hand where you are. Just raise your hand where you are. There's nothing to deceive yourself about. He has searched you. He's seen your heart. I'm not sure my name is in the book of life. I don't have the witness of the Spirit the way I know my name as Samuel, that I'm a child of God. I don't have it. I'm still of the base instinct. I operate the way any other person does. My sin is before me. I know it. I have not had the peace that God gives as he adopts people as his children. I want a change. I want to take them. I want Christ. Please raise your hand where you are. Thank God for your hand. Please, as you're raising your hand, kindly stand where you are. Kindly stand. And as you're standing, please walk towards me. On to Jesus, blessed Savior. I surrender I am not yet sure. I have a witness of the Spirit that I'm a child of God. Damn the shame and listen to the prompting of the Spirit standing at the door of your heart and knocking. Man, give me your heart. My daughter, give me your heart. Young man, give me your heart. Young woman, give me your heart. With the mouth, you confess unto salvation. With the heart, you believe that you are a sinner and you have wronged God and you have gone away from his way and you're not worthy to be called his child but that Jesus has paid the price of every soul that sins and therefore has paid the price for you you're asking him to come in that the price he paid will now is yours by faith he does it by his own power and changes you
Repeat this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, thank you. You love me. You died on the cross for my sin. You paid the price for my sin. I am a sinner. I have run astray from you all my life till now. I am sorry for my past life and my sin. I am now convinced to turn back to you. I repent from them all and I return to you. Come into my life. Cleanse me. Forgive me. Take over my life. Be my Lord. I'm my Savior. And let the old things pass away. Let all things be new in my life. Thank you for hearing me. In Jesus' name, Amen. Lord, as many as receive you who are born not of flesh, not of blood, not of the will of man, but by your power and spirit, convinced and convicted of you that there are still dead souls, creatures, not a people of God, until the stirring of the spirit in their heart that they are lost and are heading to destruction except they find refuge in you. And as your child has come, and as there be others that may be listening and also praying with us, as they watch and partake, Lord, cleanse in the name of Jesus Christ. Forgive their past in the name of Jesus. But that power that no man can walk, recognize, except the mystery of the Holy Spirit, let all things pass away. And let all things become new in the name of Jesus Christ. Write the name in the book of life. And let your peace that passes all understanding fill these hearts now with the witness of the Holy Spirit that you have come to take position, take position, take charge in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, that every contrary devices opinions and works even to this life and other lives that are listening and hearing and watching have been nailed to the cross and Jesus has triumphed over them with a new lordship. Lord, take them and let them live for you unto your glory in the name of Jesus Christ. Equipped and filled with your spirit to live unto your pleasing the rest of the days of their lives and witnesses of your salvation. In Jesus' name we pray. Oh,